where does yesterday's future, which is already here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. (laughs) Welcome, 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 welcome. So happy to be here. We've got such an exciting show for you today. Where is the future of now? Well, it's here today. And I'm speaking to four of the movers and shakers who are making that future happen. We're talking to four women who are contributors to a new book. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but we're talking about the future of female entrepreneurs the hurdles, the hassles, the headaches, the heartaches. Oh, I just made that up. That was pretty good. Four H's. My panelists are appreciating that. So let me get started with my opening monologue. And thank you to Ryan Treasure, VP of Broadcast Operations at World Talk Radio for doing that beautiful introduction for me. And hello, ladies, before I introduce you, say hello to LinkedIn. One, two, three. Hello, LinkedIn. Come on, you can talk hello, to me. Hello, LinkedIn. Hello, hello Facebook. Hello, hello Facebook. Facebook. And hello, Voice America Business Channel. Hello, hello Voice, Voice America. America Business Channel. I think we should just sing for the next hour. You all have beautiful voices. That was a beautiful chorus, right, Patricia? There we go. I'm watching us on LinkedIn with all the waves. So let me start out with what I call my buzz quotes on the topic. I have a quote from Madam C.J. Walker. She lived from 1867 to 1919. She was America's first female entrepreneur millionaire. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of her, but I found her online, and here's a quote. There is no royal flower, royal flower-strewn path to success, and if there is, I have not found it, for if I have accomplished anything in life, it is because I have been willing to work hard. Not if that resonates with you to my panelists, yes. Buzz number two from an actress, comedian, writer, producer, and playwright. Her name is Elizabeth Stamatina Fay. You may know her as Tina Fay. And the quote is, you're not in competition with other women. You're in competition with everyone. Ooh, interesting from Tina Fey. Buzz number three is from a woman named Roseanne Sherry Barr. You know her as Roseanne Barr, just Roseanne. American actress, comedian, writer, producer, one-time presidential candidate. I think I missed that one. Here's the quote. The thing women have yet to learn is nobody gives you power. You just take it. Yay, Roseanne. I like that one. Cindy's not so sure about that one. Buzz number four from Natalie Clifford Barney, who lived from 1876 to 1972. She was an American playwright, poet, novelist, and an expatriate living in Paris. And she said, entrepreneurship is the last refuge of the troublemaking individual. Ladies, does that resonate with you? Are we all? I'm, I'm a troublemaker. I'm happy to say that. And buzz number five is from the book I mentioned, the book, Female Entrepreneur's Playbook, Secret Strategies from 20 Plus Women for Building a Business You Love and getting paid for it. And my four panelists are all contributors, four of the 20 plus. Let me read the quote. More women than ever are starting businesses, yet so few are sharing how they do it. Why? Because being a successful female entrepreneur is hard work and comes with a unique set of challenges, whether it's lack of experience, not knowing where to begin, that may be hard for a lot of us, money issues, or not understanding how to turn your purpose into profit. Women need to lean in, 
Thank you, Cheryl Sandberg. Lean into their zone of genius and create a business they love. And thank you for that quote. I found that on the Amazon listing for the book. So I have to do a shout out first to our first panelist. It's Cindy Zulsdorf. If you're looking for her online, it's Z-U-E-L-S-D-O-R-F. And she connected with me on LinkedIn about two weeks ago. Wanted to connect with me. And I said, hey, I have an opening on my radio show. And she said, sure, I'll bring a panel. I have all these wonderful people I know. So Cindy, I am grateful to you. And she has invited Patricia Worcester. Patricia, wave, please. Everybody wave when I call your name. And we have Lindsay Ardmore. Hello, Lindsay. Wave. Oh, I love the wave. And we have Tamara Andress. Tamara, welcome. Four of the contributors to the book. And the topic is, if you haven't guessed, the future of female entrepreneurs level or raise the playing field. I thought that was an interesting take. That's that's my contribution to the topic. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. So happy to be here, as if you can't tell. This is such an exciting topic. We talk about entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs all the time, but I don't think I've had a panel of female entrepreneurs to talk about, as I said, the headaches, the heartaches, the hassles, everything that goes with that. I don't know why I picked the letter H, but that's the way it goes. Let's go around the table and have introductions. Cindy, you're up first. I'm going to put you on full speaker view. Would you please introduce yourself? Take about three minutes. Tell us a little bit about what you do, why you got involved with the book. And Cindy, what's your passion for being here today? Cindy, welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. I am a former overworked marketing czar turned marketing automation specialist. And I just really related to one of your quotes where they were talking about uh, power's not given to you, you take it. I kind of kind of like that because I feel like we just all need to jump in and do what we want to do. So part of my passion about being here today is just sharing what all of the people in the book have gone through in terms of their entrepreneurship and taking their business forward. I work with overwhelmed CEOs and marketers on their marketing. And so I love that because they can do what they do best, whether it's inventing a product or getting out there and doing just whatever their business is. And then I help them with their marketing, which is really just getting the word out. That's what marketing is. It's just taking that sales conversation and spreading it out to everyone else. And then they get to do what they do best. And I feel happy. And that's why I'm here. Thank you very much. And and the road for female entrepreneurs, Cindy, is it tough? Is it hard? Or is it just like for any other entrepreneur? Anything special on your mind about that briefly? Oh, I'm so glad you asked about that. And was it Tina Fey in the quote that says, you, we're not competing with women, it's with everybody? Yep. That, yeah. I love that because in one of the questions that uh, you gave us, you know, kind of to prep for this, I was thinking, I haven't sort of felt like I've had the luxury of just thinking about, oh, other women, I'm just out there working in high tech. And I, I sold TV to uh, TV equipment to uh, TV stations for a long time. I was just competing with everybody. And I just had to bring my best to make it a success. So I guess it's a challenge for everybody. And yeah, there's specific things for female entrepreneurs as well. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And I am very grateful to you, Cindy, for coming on the show with your with your colleagues. They're probably your friends too, from the smiles I can tell that. Let's go to our second panelist, Patricia Worcester. Welcome, so happy to meet you. Please unmute yourself. And I'm gonna put you on full screen speaker view. Patricia, would you kindly introduce yourself and what's your passion for our topic? Go ahead. Sure, hi Bonnie, hi everyone. My name's Patricia Worcester and I am a former corporate software sales executive who started writing books after the birth of my first child 17 years ago. And I have now traditionally published 13 books and self-published one, which is the book that I'm in with 
um, my fellow people here, panelists. And what I do is I help entrepreneurs write and publish books that create an impact with their audience and give them an opportunity to leverage their expertise and build the foundation around their business. And so I own Wooster Media and we are primarily focused on high impact books. What is a high impact book, Patricia? So a high impact book is when you look at your reader and client first and you kind of narrow in on your zone of genius and make sure that what you're putting in that book is actually improving their life or creating some kind of transformation. It's not a business card for the writer. It's actually showing and building that like no trust and the way that you can help that person. So, you know, often we're caught up in the being the best kept secret in our industry. And if we can take that intellectual property that we have developed over years between experience and our expertise and package it in a way that we can reach a broader market. So that's what I consider a high impact book. Thank you very much. Pleasure to meet you. Let's go one more seat around the table. Lindsay Ardmore, you're up. Welcome, Lindsay. Please introduce yourself and what's your passion for the topic? Go ahead. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is this is so fun. Um, I'm Lindsay Ardmore. I am a business strategist and automation expert, um, and I help predominantly female um, entrepreneurs grow and scale consistent, peaceful income with automated sales machines inside of their business. Um, I started my business after a massive life change. I had a baby. Three days later, I quit my job, started a business, and uh, replaced my corporate income. I was the chief operating officer of a business consulting company, big uh, multi-seven-figure company. And I just didn't, I just wanted to be home. And so my passion for this topic is so strongly that I just want to empower women to have the life that they want and the lifestyle that they want. And the quotes that you mentioned earlier and the, you know, um, working hard, um, Madam CJ Walker, I listened to a podcast on her. She is, a, um, she's an amazing woman. And I think that hard work is something that is innate to all of us, uh, men and women, everybody. Uh, but I think women have a special flavor on that. And I just want to empower all the women, all the female entrepreneurs to create the business and the life that they want because they deserve to have it. Thank you. Yes, we do. Let's just leave that one. I'm glad that you, you listened to a podcast on Madam C.J. Walker. Very interesting. I love doing the research for my shows because I just go out, put a topic in quotes, go on Google and say, find me quotes about whatever it is. And then whatever pops up, I usually have one or two buzz quotes, but there were so many good quotes on this topic. I just decided to pile them on. So thank you, Tamara Andress. You've been so patient, my dear. It's your turn. I'm going to put you on full speaker view. Beautiful you. And would you please introduce yourself and give us a little bit about your take on the topic. Go Absolutely. Ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I love being in connection with all of these women. It's been amazing to be on a project together. And it really showcases that community over competition concept uh, because we all are passionate about female entrepreneurs. And me personally, I am what we call a purpose activator. You've probably never met one of them, which is that much more exciting. And I really want to see people step into the fullness of what God has for them in their life by activating purpose, creating fire in their belly and encouraging them to do 
do so through business, through entrepreneurship, but based in identity. And so I really go in for the heart, the head, the health, the home, and then the handbag. So H's were on your tongue, maybe because of me. <laughs> so that's really cool. Uh, and I, I just love this topic. And I've seen so many women break free from societal norms, uh, societal pressures, and step into the fullness that they're called to be. And I'm grateful to, to be here. So thanks so much. Thank you. Cindy, I have never met you or any of these other female entrepreneurs. I'm not going to say ladies. You're here because you're female entrepreneurs. I've never met any of you, and I'm already so impressed with you. The energy, you're so articulate. You're on point with your topics. Tamara, I think the H's came from you. I think you were sending me some kind of a... I was, energetic. (laughs) I went with hassles and headaches and heartaches, Ah. and you went with health and home and and heart and handbags. Hand them to me, hand them to me. (laughs) I I don't know where that came from, but wow, that's an interesting connection there. So now it's time for the quotes. If you're a new viewer or listener to my show, this is where I've asked my guests in advance to pick a quote from a fictional character from a movie or a TV series or a show, some some really good shows only had one episode duh and so much for being an entrepreneur with a new concept for a tv show or they got impacted by COVID. some of them and didn't come back however also a song quote and the quotes have nothing to do on the surface literally with the topic and i'm going to ask them to tell us in their own words how they think the quote relates to the topic or why they think it does and how. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Cindy Zulsdorf has sent us a quote from Poppy Lee, L-I is her last name, played by Charlotte Nick Deo, Mythic Quest TV series 2020 to 2021, also called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet in its first season. American comedy, I have to check this out. American comedy streaming TV series uh, premiered February 7, 2020, follows a fictional video game studio that produces a popular, and I learned a new term, Cindy, MMORPG, that's massively multiplayer online role-playing game called Mythic Quest. And here's the quote. We only play this game 24 hours a day. Cindy, what does this have to do with our topic? I think I know, but tell me anyway. (laughs) Go ahead. I just love that show. And when they said that on the show... I had this feeling like, of course, there's this sarcasm running through it. Like, we only do this 24 hours a day. And then there's a little piece of me that worked in a startup. And then as the company grew to, you know, 50 people and more, we still kind of acted like we were in a startup. And I felt like I worked there 25 hours a day, it seemed like sometimes. And we're always doing a new product release. And there's always a software rev and the whole thing. Like, so pieces of that show just are just so on the nose for me. (laughs) And then there's that part where you're like, ooh, maybe we should have some balance and we shouldn't be doing this 24 hours a day. So I just love that show and that quote cracked me up. Thank you. I have to check that out. I'm I'm in between shows. I like shows with one word titles, but once in a while I'll pick one with a two word title and I'm just running through. Uh, if anybody knows how to take the subtitles off of Apple TV Plus, there is no way. It just has the CC subtitles on and I've Googled everywhere. And some people are having the same problem. They put them on permanently. So even when I'm watching Ted Lasso, it's telling me everything they're saying in print on the screen. Love Ted Lasso, by the way. I know, I know, but I've been waiting two weeks for the next episode and it just doesn't seem to be there. So I just keep checking back every Friday and seeing if it's there. Let's move on. Patricia Worcester has sent us a quote from Lose Yourself, the song 
by Eminem, 2002, lead single from the 8 Mile movie soundtrack. Of course, Eminem is an American rapper, and the song was written by Eminem, produced by Eminem with collaborator Jeff Bass, one half of the production duo Bass Brothers. The lyrics explicitly sum up the background of Eminem's character in 8 Mile called B-Rabbit and the movie plot with aggressive themes and how he overcomes obstacles to gain the respect of other rappers. Woohoo! Here's the quote. The moment you own it, you better never let it go. Go! Patricia, talk to me. How'd you find this one? Well, okay, first I just have to say I love Ted Lasso. I'm from Kansas City, so Jason is my guy. Um, but the quote, which my kids are like, so they're like, that's so cringy Eminem. But when I was training for a race and I'm not a runner, I listened to that soundtrack over and over again, because he's hyping himself up in the movie to do something. And to me, it really resonates with building businesses because we can get caught up in the ideation of a business. We get so excited about our passion and the things we're going to do. And we're generating all these great ideas and it's squirrel this squirrel that like, following things, but sometimes we fail to execute. And so for me, you can have all the great ideas in the world, but if you're not prepared to take action after you've cast that vision, then you're really missing an opportunity. So when I hear songs like that, it gets me hyped up to actually like get out and like do something, get it tackled, which is not always the fun part of the business, but it's necessary in order to move it forward. And so we can ideate more on new ideas. So that's where that came from. Thank you very much. A nice surprise for a quote from you. Never would have figured that one. So thank you very much. Just let's leave that there. Lindsay Ardmore has sent us a quote from Bad Habits, song by English singer-songwriter, the one and only Ed Sheeran. Let's see, released on 25th June of 2021. So it's brand new through Asylum Records UK as the lead single of his upcoming fifth studio album, If Anybody Is Keeping Track. On 23rd of April, you know, when they put this on Wikipedia, they put the the, the number of the day ahead of, so it's April 23rd, excuse me. Sheeran was spotted dressed as a zombie or a vampire on a music video set in London, leading to speculations about his upcoming music. And here is the quote. My bad habits lead to late nights, ending alone, conversations with a stranger I barely know, swearing this will be the last, but it probably won't. I got nothing left to lose or use or do. Oh, Lindsay, bail me out here. What are we talking about? It's so funny. So my daughter is five years old and I don't listen to music. I listen to NPR, but her and her dad listen to music. So one day she's in the bathroom and she's like singing this little snappy song in the bathroom and she's singing Bad Habits, which I think is hilarious. Um, And so I started listening to it. And the first thing that got me is like the late nights, talking to random people online, right? Um, Thinking like, this is the last time I'm going to talk to somebody at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, but it's not. As an entrepreneur, we kind of, just like these other ladies were saying, we're kind of on, right? And sometimes it's hard to turn it off. And I just, every time I listen to it, I think this is is what Ed Sheeran's talking about, obviously. Female entrepreneurship. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Um, So I just love it. 
Very well put. Of course he's talking about female entrepreneurs, and we are also grateful to him for doing that, right? Your five-year-old singing in the bathroom, isn't that interesting? The things that kids pick up, you know, there are things all of us, I, I know I do, things I remember from very early childhood, songs or colors or, or scents or pictures or places. There are things that stay in your head, right? This might be one that stays with your daughter for a long, long time. This is probably a good thing. So let's go to Tamara. Tamara has sent us a quote from Tasha Cobb's full name, Natasha Tamika. Tasha Cobbs Leonard, born young lady, born in July of 1981, American gospel musician and songwriter, and she released the extended play so, uh, album of Grace in 2013 with EMI Gospel, now Motown Gospel. And here's the quote from Tasha Cobbs, God will break you to position he will break you to promote you. Ooh, Tamara, without getting too biblical, tell us what this means for our time. Yes, topic. so I've been an entrepreneur for almost 15 years. And uh, when I tried to do it in my own control, in my own ideation, my own creation, uh, I crashed and burned. So I was 29, had a one and two-year-old and a hubby at home and was working 24 hours a day, about 70 hours a week, really focused in on the success piece, the people-pleasing piece, the title piece, and the monetary piece, and was forgetting the truth of what I was here to do. And I'm here ultimately to stay into that 5-H zone that we were talking about earlier and really um, wanted to just reposition myself in alignment with what this life would look like at my gravestone site. Not entrepreneur, but wife, mother, friend, daughter. So I reconfigured how I showed up for my entrepreneurial journey about three years later after becoming an ordained minister. And I'm, I'm grateful for the positioning and the promotion. Very interesting. Thank you for that. Ladies, thank you for the interesting quotes. Before we go to the predictions coming up next, I would like to thank you, Cindy. Cindy just listened to a, a music video I created. I, I'm a drummer, and I just performed in two Motown dance party performances in my community band here. Uh, there were 11 oh, of God. us. And I'm the chick drummer. I'm allowed to say chick, chick drummer. And I, I drummed 45 songs in one day on two performances for two bands. My own band was the break band, my Latin band. So there were 16 Motown songs twice, and there were eight songs and seven songs for the Latin band. So it was a total of 45 songs. And I was emceeing at the same time on top of a stage with pink uh, scarves tied to the stands on my drum kit so that it would, you saw the picture, Cindy. So it was thank awesome. You, thank you very much. And I love Pretty Woman. It's Oh Pretty Woman because it starts a papa, 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 which I listened very carefully to Roy Orbison's record. And it's not done on the toms, it's done actually on the snare. It's a heavy snare beat. Papa, 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 papa. And the song was named after Roy Orbison's wife, Claudette, because he was having a conversation with another musician, and she said something like, honey, I'm going shopping. And he said, do you need any cash? And one of the other musicians said, a pretty lady doesn't need cash. And I leave the interpretation up to all of you. That is awesome. That so is awesome. <laughs> I, 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 as an MC, I contributed trivia on the Motown songs in between the songs while our, our five singers were getting ready for the next song. So that was one of the fun factoids. So thank you, Cindy. You're very kind. Oh, so I want to hear the Latin set. I checked out the Motown stuff, and then you totally crushed it on pretty, Oh, Pretty Woman. Thank but you. And the Latin money, money was another one I think I crushed it on, too. Money has 
has a very strong drum lead. Anyway, ladies, before we go into the predictions, what I'd like to do is I'd like to each of you identify the one thing you think is the most challenging for women entrepreneurs. We've been talking about it through your quotes. I know one thing, one word, and then one sentence explaining it. That's all I want from you because I talked about heartache and headache and and hassle and all that. And and, uh, Tamara came up with her very positives, home and heart and handbag and health. Wonderful that. You don't have to pick an H word, ladies, but I'd love to know what do you think is the most challenging? Because the sentence I picked up from your book in which the four of you are two of 20 plus contributors says women don't talk about the why is it hard to be a female entrepreneur and be successful today. So Cindy, what's the one word you would say is the most difficult thing about being a, a female entrepreneur who succeeds and success would be by the definition of that woman, whatever that is. So Cindy, what's the hardest thing you think? So many choices. I'm going to go with integrity. It doesn't begin with H, but it's right nearby. So integrity, because at least for me, I want to be true to myself and do what I feel is right. And yet working in business, it can get easy to be pulled over here and over here and off track. And yet integrity is where it's at in order to really be successful. Thank you. Patricia Worcester, what's your word? The most uh, top of the list. I know there are many for the challenges to female entrepreneurs today. What do you think, Patricia? I think it's perfectionism. And particularly, we're working at home. So we have our home life is here. There's kids, there's family. And so we feel like we're doing less than in our business. If we're doing one or the other, we feel like less than. So I think particularly for women, Um, If you can combat that and be accepting of yourself and give grace, that that can be a huge success lever for you. Perfection is the enemy of the good. Thank you very much. Lindsay Ardmore, what's your one word that you think is the top of the list of what's challenging female entrepreneurs today? Isolation. I think because just like Patricia just mentioned, a lot of us are home. A lot of new business owners, a lot of um, people, they start at home, right? They don't often create teams. There's a lot of solopreneurs, maybe with VAs, maybe, you know, just, just, there's not a whole lot of communication and isolation is honestly, um, can, can wreak havoc on a life. It can wreak havoc on a business and it, and it kind of pulls you away from like the, the pulse of everything else that's happening. So you're kind of just in your own lane doing your thing. Um, instead of being able to partake in everybody else's energy and excitement and ideas. And I think, I think what I see the most is just people struggling in the isolation. Thank you. Tamara, the last word on this part of the show, what do you see? It's not an H word. So prepare yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Imposter syndrome, hyphenated. Um, I think as, as, females and entering into this place where we are equally yoked, right? And equally worthy and equally called. uh, We feel like we're not because we haven't been there long enough or it hasn't been taught or it hasn't been um, experienced in the same way that we want to show up in integrity is something totally new to men who are in the industry and have been there longer. So we feel inapt, but we are fully equipped. And so I'm grateful for that. 
Thank you very much, ladies. I appreciate that. We didn't plan on that when I prepped you for the show, but I, Cindy is saying, I love that, I love that. Yes, I appreciate that. I already am planning to invite the four of you back for a part two later this fall, because awesome. I know we're barely going to cover the topic, but we're certainly taking our best deep dive attempt. Here we go. Uh, Cindy, you're up first. I'm looking at prediction number one, and ladies, the rest of you, I'll put your prediction I've selected into the chat while Cindy is talking, but pay attention to her at the same time because if you wave your finger at me call me call me and you want to comment that's fine otherwise we'll just zip through the first round and second round of predictions cindy said the following women will leverage ai that's artificial intelligence plus empathy i'm going to stop there cindy you're up three minutes what does this prediction mean to us please yeah we hear so much about AI, artificial intelligence out in the workplace. So whether it's uh, uh, Watson or just even in day-to-day copywriting, everything we're doing has bots and, and all these types of AI, artificial intelligence in it. We all see it. And there's the, the discussion going on that, hey, computers took my job. I don't have a job. And they're not wrong. <laughs> that That is happening. And so how to deal with that? And as I was thinking about it and happened to be reading an article about women and empathy, there's so much data around women having a, a high or even higher level of empathy. And so empathy is one thing that as far as I know, uh, computers don't really do right now. They're trying to do it, uh, maybe trying to simulate it, but really that's a human characteristic, a human trait right now. And so the combination, the pairing of empathy women using empathy and AI, I feel like really could work together to bring people's businesses forward. And so pairing that those feelings and those experiences and those judgments, empathy is so crucial. Without that, our society, I feel like just falls off a cliff. We need that empathy and caring and love. So combining it with AI is an amazing opportunity for entrepreneurs. Thank you. Algorithms with a heart, right, Cindy? Oh, such oh, a nice way to put it, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank that. you. You inspired me. Mm-hmm. Let's go to prediction number one from Patricia Worcester. She says, you will see, we will see, everyone will see more female entrepreneurs over the age of 40 starting their own businesses. Patricia, talk to us. Absolutely. So we, I was seeing this a lot more even before the last two years took place, but I, particularly now, and I think so many women have gone into the workforce, they've done what they would set out to do, they've get, gotten that ex- experience, they've climbed the ladder where they want to go, or discovered that they don't really care about the ladder. And now the last two years, particularly everyone has had this exposure to what it's like to work at home, what it's like to blend family and work life and discovered you know what i can do this at home and i don't need the backbone of a corporation telling me what to do is hey it's kind of nice that i can go see my kids ball game or if i feel like working on saturday it's my clock i can do what i want and so i think people are more interested particularly women in designing the life that they want and a lot of this goes back to what tamra talks about too it's being purpose driven and understanding that you know what i've gotten the handbags i've gotten the you know i've gone to club or whatever you call these sales conferences i've done these things they were great but i'm ready for like a next chapter in my life 
that works with my life and my dreams of the future I want to create for me and my family. So that's what I see happening. And I think there was an accelerant dropped on that in the last two years that actually showed people that it was actually possible, not just a dream. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. I love the predictions part because we get to see the forward look of where you all think we're going to be, where we're going to take the topic. Let's go to, thank you, Patricia. Lindsay, you're up next. I've selected prediction number one. This is interesting. You say currently 2% of women, I'm going to say only 2% of women, if that's okay. Only 2% of women reach the seven-figure mark. We're talking a million bucks. In the next 10 years, we'll see that skyrocket as more women leave the workforce and become entrepreneurs. That's a loaded statement. Go ahead, Lindsay. Talk to me. I just firmly believe in women and the power of women. Um, but I agree with you. Only 2% of women. That's data that the, the SBA has released over the years, right? And what's happening, I heard a really fun term yesterday. Um, they're calling it like the great resignation. You know, what's happening right now is people are being, you know, they've realized, like Patricia was just saying, they've realized that they can create a blend at home. They can have the lifestyle that they want. They don't need to have people telling them what to do or supporting a, you know, a bigger corporate line. And What's really, really cool about that is there are incredible women who are now becoming entrepreneurs that are stepping into this space, that are lending their heart and their time and their talents and, and everything that they've created, right, in their life thus far. And they're, they're showing up in, in the online and, and physical space as entrepreneurs. So I think as more women start to leave the workforce, as more women start to realize that there is no glass ceiling above their head, their income is legitimately what they want it to like what they want to be able to create in their life and call that in we're going to see more women and that number go from two percent we're just going to see that grow and grow and grow and i hope i hope 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 that more women are able to make it to the six figure mark and the multi six figure mark and eventually we'll have a lot more female millionaires self-made female millionaire. Self-made. That's the key. Thank you very much. The future is looking bright according to our prediction so far. Tamara Andres, I'm looking at your prediction number one. You say there will be a substantial rise in female-led entrepreneurial endeavors. I love the way you phrase that. Surrounding educational assets for alternative learning opportunities for children. I'm going to stop there and let you finish the prediction. Tamara, talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. I just believe that we're living in a shifting environment, specifically around public education. Um, my kids are in independent schooling, and I had the pleasure of working alongside a, kind of a rebrand and reestablishment of that school for several years as an admissions director. And I was just brought to light on what was happening in the public school system that was so different and contrary to how I was raised. Um, and I have a lot of friends who are educators and just seeing them shift even how they're teaching, how they're approaching the classroom. Otherwise, I think there's going to be a lot of homesteading, homeschooling, and entrepreneurs who are stepping into um, essentially raise an opportunity. And that opportunity is going to be for the mom who doesn't feel like she can do all of the things. And there's a lot of gaps in the public school system because of that. Um, and so I really just am excited to see how that is going to emerge. And I have a lot of people within my community who are already doing so, um, creating curriculums for at-home moms, creating curriculums for female-led entrepreneurs who can then teach their children as well 
well. There's a lot of people who are now living that tiny home RV lifestyle because they don't want to have boundaries to their kids' education as well as to their own um, exploration of life. And so I think that there's just going to be a consistent, um, we see already box subscriptions coming home to the house to teach and train. And I just think there's a huge open market for females who are seeing what's happening in the public school system to be able to bring it home, kit it and serve out to the community in a really unique experiential way rather than sitting behind a desk and doing the work, uh, actually living it and experiencing it firsthand. That probably is a is a niche area that it has just been begging for people to jump in and say, been there, done that, doing that, living that. How can I help? How can we do it better? Thank you for bringing that up, Tamara. Very, very interesting. Ladies, we have time for another round of predictions. Cindy, I'm looking at prediction number three. You say side hustle to main gig, the mothers of invention. Women dealt with the bulk of childcare during the pandemic. A little tangential to what Tamara was talking about. And now they have the chance Oh, to go back to their previous jobs. However, they may not be willing to endure low pay and limited time with their families like they did before. Those with a skill or hobby will level up and turn that side hustle into a main job or gig. Cindy, expand, please. Well, I just had to throw in that little Frank Zappa mother of invention. It's probably all my years working in music stores before I jumped into high tech. But anyway, I feel like People do have that chance to to say, "Hey, I, I'm not I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> I'm going to change it up." I'm thinking about a friend of mine, Jeannie, who had been doing a ton of different like uh, side hustle kinds of things right now, and she just took her art business and decided to go all out with it. So she let go of her job she didn't like. Took her, I should say, she took really one of her side hustles, the one she loved the most. Let go of all the rest got into her integrity around, this is what makes me feel good, this is right, and started putting her energy toward that. And now she's got a cool business going with her superpower, which is art. And I love, love, love seeing that. I've got another friend out there right now, somebody I just met through work and books and stuff, just like I met all these awesome people uh, on this call here by by this project. And she's taken also kind of letting go of what she was doing before, and she's turning into more of a marketing service agency. And so she, again, is like, hey, I need to change this up. I can't go back to things the way they were. That wasn't good for me. That wasn't good for my family. And she's taking uh, the steps forward to have her own marketing agency, which I love to see. Thank you very much. A lot of encouragement there. And been there, done that. You know what you're talking about, Cindy. Let's go to Patricia Worcester's third prediction. I like this one. Patricia says, paying for mentorship, not gender-specific, or group masterminds, and I want you to define that, please, will become the norm for female entrepreneurs versus the, oh, I love this one, the free pick your brain. I've had that done to me a lot of times. Hey, Bonnie, can we just pick your brain? Or meeting for coffee situations decline. Let's talk about that free advice converting into a gig. Patricia, please. Oh my gosh, my biggest pet peeve is the, can I pick your brain? And particularly if it involves going somewhere, it's a half a day event. And they take all of the stuff that you actually make money for, your expert, you know, your expertise, and then to make it even worse, the next time you talk to them, they've done nothing with it. And half of your day is gone. 
And I remember this, you know, when I first started as an entrepreneur, nobody talked about where they got their entrepreneurship information. It was like a big secret. Like, how are these entrepreneurs getting bigger? And you didn't know, right? And where do you go if you're new? And so all these like coffee dates and pick your brain things were popular. And I remember saying something to my husband about it because he was in corporate America. And he was like, why are you doing these things? Why are you letting, you know, this derail your days? He said, can you imagine if me in corporate America, if we called another business and said, hey, do you want to just spend half your day just giving me your stuff for free? It would never happen. So what's happened with the rise of apps like Clubhouse, community apps, and um, even Instagram, as people are sharing things on stories, you're seeing more and more of these very big and successful entrepreneurs crediting and taking pictures with and quoting and naming their masterminds and mentors. And so as normal entrepreneurs, just getting started or entrepreneurs, they have normalized getting help. And when it looks at masterminds, it used to be you got a coach, which was one-on-one. -on -one which is great. But now, like I consider the ladies and I, we are in a mastermind together. And that is when you're taking a collected group of people and there is a leader that's directing, you know, what you're teaching or what you're learning, but you've got a collected group of people that are usually meeting behind the scenes somewhere and discussing and moving and growing and partnering together. So for me, the masterminds are actually so much more beneficial than a one-on-one -on -one environment, but I think we've normalized that we need to pay people for their expertise and learn and grow and fast track where we're trying to get. So it's a business expense for me at this point. It's so important to, you know, to how I spend my money. Thank you, Patricia. I've, I've had the situation where I was doing some marketing for a, uh, a, a woman uh, physical therapist on Long Island when I lived there. And she invited me to lunch one day and she said, hey, let's just talk about where I'm taking my company. And I, I came prepared with ideas. Oh, Cindy knows where this is going, don't you dear? And I came with a whole list of ideas and she sat there and either took notes or secretly recorded me. The next thing I know, she has used everything I suggested in her marketing for her business, everything. And I am furious. She did this to me twice. Silly, gullible me. Just come and sit and talk to me. Or they had me come to their office. Where do you think we can go next? Meet the staff, get to listen to them, know who they are. And I'm just bubbling over with ideas. And they implemented everything. Duh. Cindy, talk to me. Unmute. Yeah, I had someone do this um, last month. And as I'm leaving, they said, well, let us know when we should start paying you. And I said, about an hour ago. <laughs> and so I haven't met with them since and I happily will meet with them again. But it was really like this prospect meeting turned into a full consult and I kind of called it partway through, but that was yes. my response to them. You should start paying me about an hour ago, but I hear you. We've all been there because we want to give and be helpful. Yes, we're the and nurturers. Then, we're, the, we're the growers, right? We're the, let me, let me help you, baby. I don't know, Lindsay, let me entertain you. Lindsay, you want to say something? Go ahead. And then Tamara. Lindsay? No, I just, I just love that. And I think that as we normalize getting help, as we normalize strong, good boundaries. Yay for you, Cindy, for calling that meeting. Um, you know, as we do that, 
things will change. You know, this is, this is how it was, but this is not how it needs to be forever. Thank you. Tamara, thoughts? Yeah, I wanted to speak into this because this was consistently happening and I am terrible at sales. Like that's not my heart. I don't really care about that, but I know that it's very important. I have a coach myself and a mastermind who helped me with this all the time, but I've actually uh, instilled a sales person. So she is my customer relations manager and people are booking calls with me, but they're actually speaking with her as a way for us to actually, um, one, remove me from that process and two, for them to realize like, this is not something where I just go out and get coffee. Like I am, am instilling uh, a family, a foundation. I've got things to take care of. I've got a team that I have to pay for, other families that I'm paying for. And just picking my brain is not something I have space for unless there's something where there's a cohesion. Like me and Patricia talk a lot offline. And we know that because we're there to serve one another. But oftentimes the service part is gone and they just want help. And I can't stand, like you were saying, giving the information and it's either taken and ran with or it's not taken at all and they sit on it which is why activation is such a part of what I love to do um, is to actually be paid for it and see them their trajectory changes when they implement and so there's kind of both sides of the story my mom always said um, copying is a compliment Tamara and I've been hearing this since elementary school and it used to piss me off and now I, it makes me really happy and I can like pat my back and I'm like yeah that was my idea I'm glad that they're doing so well because they're paying me right? There's a component of exchange that I feel valued and seen, and I see their value and what they're doing with the information. So there's, there's got to be a barrier of entry, and that has been so helpful. Thank you, ladies. I have a quick other story to share with you where it was taken to the, the ultimate. Uh, a, a man I met through a business organization, networking organization on Long Island years ago, asked me to meet him. We, we had diners, you know, 24-hour, 24-7 with this menu that's 2,500 pages, and you got to think about it before. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. So he says, come meet me at the diner for breakfast. I have an idea for a new company. And I said, okay, seemed like a nice enough person. The diner was a mile from my house, big parking lot. So I went and I met him. And um, he's, he's uh, talking about this new business. And he's saying, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But first, he makes me sign an NDA that I wouldn't divulge anything I know, anything about what we discussed. I figured, okay. Well, by the time it was done, I said, well, if I work with you and collaborate with you, what, what's my role going to be or what do I, what, what's my benefit in continuing to talk to you? And he said, oh, we'll give you sweat equity. And if we ever turn a profit, we'll give you a small percent. But basically, you're just a contributor at this point. Well, what he went to and did was he took my ideas, he copyrighted them, he trademarked them, named his company after something I said at that breakfast. I had no legal recourse because I had signed an NDA at the table in the diner. He basically stole the ideas that I very graciously ideated with him and generously. We were brainstorming. I didn't know he was building his company around my ideas. If you have any, my heart is pounding right now, just remember, this was about 15 years ago. And when I heard that his company was built around slogans I had shared with him, sayings, he copyrighted what I gave. Cindy, shock and amazement or not? Well, I integrity must be my theme of the day because where is it with somebody like that? It's so shocking and it's like I want to read the NDA and say like you know does is does it include stuff we both brought to the table together but of course that doesn't matter water yeah. under the bridge but integrity and people I I always want to believe the best about people cuz it's just a little bit how I roll and yet I've been on the receiving end of some um 
not nice folks too. So um, yep. um, feel, I feel what you're saying. Thank you very much. Thank you for, thank you for opening the wound, Patricia. <laughs> I, I thought I had forgotten about that. I don't know how his company did, but he was out there for a while. Cindy, uh, thank you very much. And everybody, thank you very much. I'm putting us back on gallery view here. I'm going to, I'm going to turn the tables on Lindsay a little bit. Lindsay, you look like the kind of person who could deal with this with me. Let me go back to speaker view here. For some reason, I have I have started the immersive, which is going to put you all on a different screen. No, here we go. Okay. So um, I'm changing the prediction I'm picking for you, Lindsay, and I think you can handle it. I'm picking prediction number four. Let me read it because this is interesting. You say more women will create tech partnerships with big Fortune 500 tech companies and forge relationships that even out the playing field online, which is one of the themes for my show. The show today is level or raise the playing field. So thank you for letting me do this to you, Lindsay. But Lindsay, I'm going to put it in the chat anyway for you. Please elaborate on this prediction. I love your prediction number four. Go ahead. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And this this is something I have seen in my life. Um like a lot. Um, I actually partner with two amazing companies are both fortune 500 companies. And one of the awesome things that I get to hear as I have a close relationship and association with these companies is, um, we need more women, you know, we need more people and what they end up finding out and what, what their stories are. And what's, what's actually in the beginning forward of our book is that a lot of the tech companies online that are serving small businesses we're held up on the sweat and the backs of women because we were the ones that were willing to stay up and figure it out. We were the ones that were able to build and come up with like, see the, see the bugs, but see the vision, see it happen. And so in my life, um, having, uh, big companies, hundred million dollar tech companies really serve and support me in my life and, and create these close partnerships. I want to see that for more women because what you often see, and no offense to my dudes, I love dudes. I, they're sparkly. It's cool. But what, what you see is a lot of them, right? And there's that whole bro culture. But when you have more women, when you put more women on stages, when you give the women uh, the user generated content and you market to the woman, you will grow the business. And that's what these big companies are seeing and recognizing, which is why you see more women in ads. You see more women, you see more color, you see rainbow, you see things that are more softened and nurtured and, and the messaging is just a little bit softer. And that is what is so cool. And we're going to see this grow and grow and grow and happen. Um, just as an example, there's a conference that I'm going to, um, in November and there are, I think there's 14 women speakers on their stages. That is amazing. Considering how my very first conference that I went to, there was two. And now to see like the, the women taking over the world, I'm like, this is awesome at a massive, you know, tech company. So that's my prediction. Thank you very much. We have about four and a half minutes left, and I want to give the final prediction to Tamara. This is a good one. She says, women entrepreneurs will become leading content creators in the video marketing space across platforms. With the increase in at-home businesses, network marketing, and passion-driven business pursuits that don't need an office, I want to say amen. And I know you, a woman, a woman, there you go. One, <laughs> oh, one, day, awesome. one day we will have just, we'll be talking about entrepreneurs 
entrepreneurs that we won't say female or male. And we'll say the sparkly are dudes are sparkly and the girls are sparkly. I well, love your prediction, thank Bonnie. Thank you very much. <laughs> so Tam- good. Tamara, talk to me about this video marketing, and then we're going to do a wrapping up. Go ahead. Yeah, Tamara. you know, I think it really parallels a lot to what Lindsay was just talking about as well as these larger companies are realizing, one, the power of affiliate marketing. And affiliate marketing is all taking place on social. And we know that social is shifting to all video marketing. Um, every platform has already done this and created something that's allowing us to do it, whether or not it's fully glitched out yet. Not necessarily. There's a lot of things happening. But I know just from podcasting alone, I've been doing video podcasting for three years now. Now people want to start a video podcast. And I'm like, well, thank you for that little deposit that I started earlier because now I'm seeing it take on. Um, the reason I think it's specifically geared towards women is one, um, we are okay being on camera more than guys are. Um, we're the ones who are taking the selfies. We're the ones who are jumping in to take the family photos and get them all coordinated. The guys do not care and do not want to do that. Now, there's some, there's maybe some pushback in the knowing that guys are more um, apt to do it on a consistent basis because they don't look different from day to day. My hair didn't look like this yesterday. My brows didn't either. And so, you know, I have to be camera ready. I'm sure there's going to be that mentality. But I think overall, we are more apt to jump on camera and it's going to take off from the network marketing perspective and the at-home businesses, which we talked about in the beginning as female entrepreneurs say yes um, to being home and creating that lifestyle that they are on purpose living. And I love it. Thank you very much. Whoever said sparkly dudes, I think that was, <laughs> I can't get over that, Lindsay. Thank you, Tamara. Uh, people tell me they don't know what to wear, what to look like on Zoom. I moved all my radio shows to, right now I have 10 series, two years ago, I had 18 series. I moved them all to Zoom in about April of 2020. I should have done it a year or two earlier, but I tell people that I go to bed looking at this and, like this and I wake up like this. Of Red course. hair, the glasses, <laughs> the lipstick. I have a certain routine for women over 40 have a certain routine to get ready for a video with the flower i have a selection of, of flowers here with the black sparkly you can't see it sweater and the black basic dress it's not a little big little dress black it's a big black dress now <laughs> sorry shouldn't have said that and and the jewelry the, the certain earrings with a little bit of sparkle to them and so i have my my uniform so i try not to look too different tamra every day but this is how i live i cindy everybody give cindy a round of applause please cindy force of nature my dear you are articulate you are generous you are gracious you are a wonderful contributor i am thankful to you for agreeing to join me this was all done on linkedin ladies i've never met this woman before Uh, all done on linkedin you you contacted me i said wait a minute i need a panel she said sure in the next minute the three of you appeared and also to all of you i want to say appreciating uh, stick around we're going to take some pictures but i'm giving you a part two date and i hope you can all make it who was it tamara lindsay you said something about the era of resignation were you the one who said that Somebody, yes, somebody uh, just pitched me on that kind of a topic, and I think I want to do it with all of you. So (laughs) that'd be super fun. I love it. I think that would be. So I'm going to give you a date. I have only two or three dates left for the till the rest of the year. We have one minute left. So Cindy, thank you. You are my hero heroine. One day we won't have to worry about the feminine version of words. We'll just say you rock. Let's just leave it at that. You rock, Bonnie. 
Oh, thank you. Patricia, yes. wonderful. Lindsay, wonderful. Tamara, wonderful. I have enjoyed so much getting to know the four of you. You are brave to come on a show with somebody you've never met. You know very little about me. And you all brought the spirit of generosity and articulateness, articulation and heart and grace to my show. And I am very, very appreciative. So I want you all, don't go where we take pictures, but I want you all to raise your finger, whatever you wave your finger, wag. We have a, a closing here. Cindy, raise a finger, everybody wave. If somebody comes to you right now and says, the future is already here, I want you to all say on the count of three, no. One, two, three, no. No, That no. was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet. And we're all going to do our best to make it a better one. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Technology Revolution, the future of now by LinkedIn, by Facebook, by Voice America. Ladies, stick around. Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire, my sidekick. Thank you, Aaron. Have a great day, everyone. Be healthy, be savvy, be safe, be smart, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.